You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. If you're stuck in the past, it can blind you to what God wants to do now because he says, don't you see it? The implication is you're living back here. You can't see what's right here, right under your nose, what God is wanting to do. You can't see it because the past blinds you, freezes you, petrifies you, paralyzes you. Are you disillusioned by your past? Are you living a life full of shame and regret because you can't seem to get the monkey off your back? In today's message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to blossom into the very best version of yourself, you need to let God take your hand. When you put Him behind the wheel, He'll do nothing but alleviate your burdens and give you the freedom you've always wanted. Step into a life full of renewed power by remaining steadfast in God's grace. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Philippians chapter 3 as he continues his message, This One Thing. He had been a personal pupil of the famous teacher Gamaliel. There was no better teacher of the Old Testament in a Mosaic law or any of that than Gamaliel. You could say that, that Paul graduated from the Harvard of his day. Because there was no better teacher and instructor than Gamaliel. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and so was his whole family. He was the cream of the crop. As for righteousness, he says about himself, he claimed to have obeyed the law as close to without fault as you could possibly get. If ever there was a promising, up-and-coming, young Hebrew man that would really make a mark for Judaism, Paul was it. Yet he writes, Forgetting the past, including my successes. See, the danger of great success back there is you think that's the best that's ever going to happen to me. I've seen my greatest day. And so that's the danger of living in the past in your past successes. Because you say, wow, I accomplished so much back there. there. There can never be any better. But there can be better. There can be stronger. There can be greater. It's not just what you did back there. Listen, God can do anything now. God is still moving now. So you can't live in the past successes of your life. Well, I'll never reach that again. I'll never do that again. I'll never achieve that again. I'll never do that well again. Get that out of your head because you serve a God who does a new thing. But there was a flip side to Paul's life, and it was dark. Filled with painful memories that, listen to me carefully, could have crippled him for the rest of his life. These memories. What he did. I love the Bible tells the truth about the heroes in it. Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, tells us the truth about Paul. What he was like before he was a Christian. Dr. Luke writes this. Paul was like a wild man. Acts 8.3. Paul was like a wild man, going everywhere to devastate the believers, even entering private homes and dragging out. Can you imagine Paul doing this? Dragging out men and women alike and throwing them into jail. That's the apostle to the Gentiles. That's the one that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This is what he did. This is how he lived. Luke tells on him even more. He says, but Paul, threatening with every breath and eager to destroy 
every Christian. He went to the high priest in Jerusalem, requested a letter addressed to synagogues in Damascus, requiring their cooperation in the persecution of any believers he found there. He was on the hunt for people who named the name of Christ, both men and women, so that he could bring them in chains to Jerusalem. The writer of Ephesians, writer of Romans, writer of Philippians, writer of Colossians, did this. And Paul himself tells the truth. He says, you know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I went after the Christians mercilessly, hunting them down and doing my best to get rid of them. 1 Corinthians 15, for I am the least of the apostles, you better know it, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And here's the worst one. Listen to this one. He's admitting it. This is autobiographical. He says, I used to believe that I ought to do many horrible things to the followers of Jesus of Nazareth. I imprisoned many of the saints in Jerusalem as authorized by the high priest. And when they were condemned to death, when they were condemned to what? I cast my vote against them. I used, get this everybody, I used torture to try to make Christians everywhere curse and blaspheme Christ. Wow, I used torture. Torture. The apostle of the Gentiles. You enjoyed Ephesians lately? He wrote that, this guy. I was so violently opposed to them that I even hounded them in distant cities and in foreign lands. Paul had been instrumental in torturing and murdering some of God's children. And yet Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus who you're persecuting. You touch them, you touch me. And from then forward, he became the greatest friend to the church on the planet. Think about this. Could his memories of women, children, screaming for mercy have haunted him the rest of his life if he'd let it happen? But he said, forgetting. Everybody say forgetting. Forgetting is the same for you and me. If we're going to go on with God, we've got to forget. We've got to forget. We've got to forget. It's not like you have some kind of amnesia and you say, I don't have a past. No, you just choose not to focus on it. You don't live back there. You don't dwell back there. That's not where your thinking is back there. Because everybody's got some skeletons in their closet that if you focused on them, they'd cripple you. No, you've got to accept the washing of the blood of the Lamb, the forgiveness of God, and go forward, forward, forward. One commentator writes, Let us not spend our time either in pondering the gloomy past and our own unfaithfulness, or conversely in thinking of what we have accomplished and getting all puffed up with pride because of what we did back here. But he says, let us keep our eyes steadily on the prize, steadily on the prize, steadily on the prize, focus, priority. 
and run the race set before us as though we had just begun. How do you do the new year? Everybody say forget. Don't live back there. Some people, they live back in the past. They built their house in the past. They get up every day in their past. All their thoughts are about their past. They live there. They dwell there. And if you get with them for more than 10 minutes, all you hear about is their past. Listen, if you get with somebody and all they talk about is the past, you're talking to somebody who has no vision for the future. Your past is not the definer of your future. It is not the prophet of your future. It is not the predictor of your future. You've got to move forward because of the blood of the lamb. So say with me, whether it's good or bad, noble or shameful, positive or negative, my past will not dictate the terms of my future. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, everybody. Well, we cannot spend our time pining for the good old days. There's that song. Those were the days, my friend. We thought they'd never end. We'd sing and dance and blah, 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 blah. But to some people, that's their song. Those were the days. Oh, those were the days. Oh, if you could have been around back then, those were the... Do you know that when you live that way, you're selling the God of the now short? Because he does new things. There's a reason the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. How's that for a profound thought today? That's a picture of, your, of the way you ought to do life. The rear view mirror is this little bitty thing, but the windshield is huge. What's back there is about that significant. What's in front of you is... Some of you are starting to get it. I'm going to preach you out of the past today. I'm going to preach you out of the past. Oh, but you don't know what I did, Pastor Jeff. You didn't do more than uh, Paul... If you did, you wouldn't be here. You'd be locked up somewhere. No, you didn't do more than Paul. And he said, forgetting what lies behind. There is a reason. When she, what's going to happen to you if you drive your car by the rearview mirror? You're going to get about 10 yards and we're going to hear a crash. Amen? So don't do it. Every child of God is called to focus on what's ahead. Please hear me. Every child of God is called to focus on what's ahead. Looking through the windshield of God's promises and purpose for us. You can't let the past bury you. You can't let the past. Lot's wife learned the hard way. Mrs. Lot. God said, I'm going to deliver you out of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to, I'm going to get you out of here. But just don't look back. There's a, there's, a, there's a cautionary tale there. Because they got just, just a ways out of Sodom that she looked back and was immediately judged and became a pillar of salt. I don't know why salt, but that's what the Bible says. I'll tell you this, it wasn't a good day for Mrs. Lot. Now, let me ask you, why is that in the Bible? 
Because there's something there about looking back that paralyzes you. Living back there. You know, here she was, and then she was showing that her heart had never left Sodom. Now, God's delivered all of us out of a perverse culture, out of the world. And we're not to look back with longing and pining and go back because it, and you're frozen in time. None of that is in my notes. I'm just telling you. <laughs> That's free. I'm telling you. Catch this. Don't look back. Don't look back with pining, with longing, with attachment. No, no. Let God set you free into your future. This is why God warned his people languishing in Babylonian captivity. Let me just hit this real quick and I'll move on. But they're, they're, they're languishing in Babylonian captivity. They've been there 70 years. They're about to be delivered. Catch this. They're about to be delivered to go and rebuild their life in Jerusalem. They've been there 70 years for their sin. And now they're about to be delivered to go back and rebuild and start over. But God has to tell them something. Don't remember the former things. I'm about to do something new in your life. I'm about to set you free. I'm about to open a new door. I'm about to give you a new horizon. But I can't do it if you're constantly looking back. Don't remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. I love the way the Message Bible puts it. Forget about what's happened. Can we say that together? Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. Live in the now. Not in yesterday. Live in the now. Why? Because God said, I'm about to do something brand new. New doors are opening. Fresh mercy is falling. New things are approaching. So forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Quit chewing your history like an old bone. The past is past because it's past. Thank you. <laughs> now, look what he says. He says, I will even put a road in the wilderness. I'm about to build a road that you can get out of your wilderness. I'm about to put a way where there wasn't a way. I'm about to give you a way out of your wilderness. Your being stuck in the past. I'm about, to, I'm about to open a new way. I'm about to give you a road. I'm sending heaven's bulldozers to make a new road out of there. Rivers in the desert. Deserts don't have rivers. He said, I'm going to give you something that nobody else is going to have in their desert. I'm going to give you water in your desert. But you're going to have to let go. The Message Bible continues. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the wilderness, rivers, and the desert. The message is clear. If you're stuck in the past, it can blind you to what God wants to do now. Because he says, don't you see it? The implication is, if you're living back here, you can't see what's right here. Right under your nose, what God is wanting to do. You can't see it because the past blinds you, freezes you, petrifies you, paralyzes you. Then Paul gives part two of his resolve. He says, 
Once I've let go, then I'm free to reach. Then I'm free to reach. Once I let go, I'm free to reach. He says, reaching forward to those things that are ahead of me. And the word reaching there, it's a very intense word. It means to strain after, stretch forward towards something you really, really want. You believe God has for you. And there comes a time, folks, where faith has to fight. You must strain. You got to work your faith. You got to let muscle develop on your faith. Faith is not spineless. It's not passive. It's a verb. It's a word of action. Faith reaches and strains and stretches to reach something that God has for you. Everybody say stretch. Strain. It's called the fight of faith. I fought a good fight. The fight of faith. The battle of faith. The strength of faith is to persevere and keep on going and reach forward and stretch and strain and battle for it until you hold it. He says, well, Paul, what are you straining for? He said, well, there's a mark and there's a prize. There's a mark and a prize. I press, I press, strain, stretch. I reach toward the mark for the prize. Those are two different things. The mark. The mark here is it's the, it's the Greek word. Let me give you one. Scopos. Scope. Rifle scope. And it's the scope on a rifle that pulls in tight on a target. Or better yet, it's the tape that runners break when they finish a race. They, the minute they start that race, they've got their eyes peeled on that finish tape. That's all they're thinking about as they run around that track. All they're thinking about is reaching that, ready? Mark. That tape. In every atom of their being, they're not going, well, you know, I'm running this race and I get there, maybe I will, maybe I won't. No. Have you noticed that when they get close, right up on that tape, they lean in because they want to be the first one because if they're the first one to break it, they get a Pride. See, faith has marks. And faith is after a prize that's at the end of that mark. The prize is hanging right there with the mark. And in life on this earth, there's lots of marks. God gives us markers a lot. Things that I want to see happen. Things that I want to achieve. Things that I want to reach. Things that I want to hold as my own. I have goals for my faith. Uh, do you? I'm asking, do you, do we together, do we have goals for our faith? Are we just kind of cruising along on cruise control? Or do we have a mark? And there's a prize when I get to that mark. Answer prayer. There's something you just believe God to do, and it's, it's a mark for your faith. And you're straining for it, stretching towards it, persevering towards it, running towards it, reaching for it. And when that prayer is answered, there's a prize of a promise fulfilled. Do you have any marks? Do you have marks today? A marker in your life? Something you're believing God for? Do you have marks? Somebody being saved? Some breakthrough? 
some mightily answered prayer, some achievement? Is there a mark for your faith to reach and stretch and strain towards? Amen. Paul says there's a prize waiting you, waiting for you when you reach the mark. It can be a long-for victory over some habit. It can be that loved one coming to Christ. It can be so many things, but it's a fulfillment of God's promise. It says in the Bible, by faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Okay? But here's the deal. All of us ought to start this new year with marks, markers. Where are we straining for, reaching for, believing for? I'm not going to dwell back here. No, the past is gone. I'm looking forward. I'm leaning forward. I'm stretching forward. I fought. The, I want to. I want to. Listen. I want to be able to say at the end of my life, I did with Paul. I fought the good fight, and, and I I finish. Everybody say finish. My assignment. Can you say that again? I finished my assignment, my race. And ultimately, here's the prize, the ultimate prize. Six words. Ready? Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Well done. We don't want to hear Jesus say, well, you kind of did okay. <laughs> you gave it a little bit. Uh, you know, back there in 1993, you hit a mark. Well, you did okay. Come on in by virtue of the blood, but not much of a reward. No, you want that well in front of it. Well done, good and faithful servant. I want you to stay with me forward is faith's favorite direction. Even the armor of God doesn't cover your back. So if you're turning around and going back, you're vulnerable because the armor doesn't cover your back. It only covers somebody going forward. Come on. Face favorite favor direction is forward. Listen to what God said to Moses, and I'm closing. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Hebrews 10.39, we don't belong with those who turn back. Proverbs 4.25, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Oh, man. Jesus said no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back. We don't live back there, look back there, focus back there, because you won't be fit for the kingdom of God. You go forward no matter what's happening around you. You go forward no matter who is still with you or still not. You go forward no matter what the enemy brings at you. You get up and you go forward. You do not stop. You do not turn back. You don't go around. You don't put up the white flag. You don't say, I'm quitting. Quit is not a four-letter word in the Bible for saints. Because the greatest winner of all time lives inside of us. And he did not quit. He did not quit. So we're not quitters. No, no. God's never going to say to you, quit, unless it's sin. Then he'll tell you to quit real quick. 
Then he'll say, you should have quit yesterday. But other than that, no. Forward is faith's favorite direction. If you had to choose the single most important thing in your life above everything else, what would it be? Fortune, success, family? No matter what your answer is, it's not going to last when you move on from this life. Today, Pastor Jeff reminded you that nothing comes with you when you pass away. If you want your life to truly matter and mean more than a big box in the ground, give your heart to Jesus. He wants to save you from the death and destruction this world offers. If you're interested in learning about Hardwired, Diane has some things to share. Are you interested in partnering with us here at Hardwired? We'd love for you to come alongside us in supporting this ministry. All you have to do is go to our website and find the Donate tab. It's that easy. That website again is hardwired.org. Thanks so much for prayerfully considering this today, and thanks for listening to this radio ministry. Daniel has more to tell you about what's ahead on the upcoming edition of Hardwired. If you want to stop feeling stagnant in your faith and give your spirit some much-needed rejuvenation, don't miss Pastor Jeff's next message on Hardwired. Instead of trying to do everything on your own, put it in God's hands and let Him make a difference for your sake. He wants to transform your life. Simply let Him make the changes that you know only He can make. Move forward in your connection to Jesus and move forward in your life trajectory. There's more Pastor Jeff has to share from his series, The Power of Forward, so be sure to join us again. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can find it online at hardwired.org. We're so glad we could be part of your day today, and we pray you've been blessed by today's edition of Hardwired.